We started this lesson last week. If you don't have a lesson sheet, are there any lesson sheets left? <laughs> yeah. Does anybody not have a lesson sheet? There's a few. So if you just raise your hand and they can get those to you, and uh, that'd be awesome. Um, we started this lesson last week, and uh, typically when we have this much information, sometimes we don't get through the lessons, which we didn't. So in the first half of this lesson, uh, through uh, point two, we're going to go relatively quickly through it. We're going through this series on the Ten Commandments. And these aren't ten suggestions. These are commandments, things that God wants us to do and follow. What we're addressing right now is you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, and it's, it, it has many different contexts. Can anyone say that they're not a liar? We talked about this last week. The answer is no. We have all, we, we have all sinned in this way. Psalm said in my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. And we talked about the fact that deception is sometimes, and lying is sometimes sinful and sometimes it's not. The issue is, is that at times, we at least are in our perception, maybe in our human ability, uh, we, we see examples in the Bible such as the Hebrew midwives lied to Pharaoh and God blessed them for it, for protecting the boys and not killing them as they, they were directed to do. They said, oh no, we've got, you know, these, these Hebrew women are not like our women. They, they have these babies fast. You know, it's like and all, all women would love to say, yeah, wouldn't that be nice? You know, especially if you if your labor went over, you know, five to ten hours, you know, twenty hours, you know, some of it. Thank the Lord for being a man. Um, never think give thanks. That's biblical. <laughs> and and so we we see Rahab, and you know we we see her in the book of James, like Abraham was it was counted unto him for righteousness by his faith being put into action. She by faith. Receive the spies and send them off in a different direction. And so there's things that we, we talk about, you know, obviously, how many of you uh, ever put your light on at home to give people the impression when you're not there that someone's home? Okay. Well, isn't that a way of deceiving people? Yeah, the bad guys. And that's okay. Or like I like to tell my students, how many of you would think, I wish there was a better football season than we have this year. But never last year, you know, we had our quarterback and and it was just hit Gandy Golden left and right. It was so phenomenal. But can you imagine the quarterback receiving the ball and feeling conviction of sin if he didn't tell the truth? I'm faking it to this guy, but I'm throwing it to Gandy Golden. Interception. What happened? But I was being truthful. You know, you would go, bench him. Bench him. He's a you know. We don't use the iPhone, sorry. Um, we know that. So deception isn't always sinful. And yet, the Bible clearly says there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. Okay? So we clearly see that the Bible says that God hates lying, you know? I mean, clearly... It is lying. But how do we reconcile this? Well, it's context. The specific context of this verse is lying in a courtroom. Okay? And in biblical times, just like today, but even more so then, witnesses were vital. Were essential to law. Did you, do you, have two witnesses 
in order to verify this behavior, what took place. And Deuteronomy 17, 6 and 1 Timothy 5, 19 talk about witnesses, the requirement for witnesses, whether in Old or New Testament, it was a requirement. And here's the issue. You will be held accountable by God for how you communicate truth, how you communicate information. God's going to hold you accountable for how you say and do certain things. And if you are deceptive in that, God will hold you accountable for that. And in a, in a courtroom, this was even more modeled because they could literally be put to death. As the example I gave last night, or last week, excuse me, on the woman caught in the act of adultery. The law says stoner. So literally, on the witnesses, a person could be put to death. And so the consequences of your comments, your authority, is huge. Okay? So in this scenario, though, in our culture today, we still have the courtroom scenario. And whether or not a person is being honest or not can impact the final result. The Ten Commandments give the worst case scenario of breaking this command. But breaking these commands are expanded later. We talked about this. The, the Ten Commandments, for example, don't murder. What was the, what was, how did Jesus expand it? How did he go beyond killing somebody? If you hate someone. If you hate someone. Or you put it in your heart. You have that in your, within your heart. Okay. Committing adultery. What was, what, how did Jesus expand it? Lust. If you lust within your heart, it's like committing the sinful act. It's like, it's not the same consequences, but Jesus expanded, it's the heart of the matter. Okay, and you can expand that to every area of our lives. Okay, in other words, it's not, this is the extreme, but what's really the heart of the matter? See, the issue is, for example, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, of course we do. Well, I don't wanna, we don't, we don't bow down to idols today. Well, what's the heart of the matter? What are you putting before God? What are you trusting in? What do we trust in that we depend on rather than God? Yeah. Money. Money. Our own sufficiency. Pride. Yeah. We begin to think, I'm in control. Lord, on this decision, I, I don't need you. I, I can handle this. I've got this. I'll work it out on my own. I'll figure it out. And, and women and men struggle with this issue. Women and men struggle with the issue of, okay, I, I, I can handle this. I'll, I'll figure it out. Here's what's happened. I'll work it out. I'll figure out what to do now in this scenario and make it happen. And yet when we do that at times, um, Sometimes our result isn't what we expected. We were thrilled this week. Um, I, I, I'm speaking out of school a little bit because Crystal and Zach aren't here. They, they brought their children to the 945, which is that. So that makes it a little challenging for them to be able to come to this class. Well, I get that. But last year, they felt compelled to say, you know, we're going to pick our children's teachers. 
because, you know, hey, who's the best teacher? Who's the right teacher? And after doing that, they were like a little disappointed. <laughs> In fact, when they went to, into COVID-19 era and they went remote, one of their teachers only communicated, I think, one time during the entire time with them. I'm not into technology. I don't know this stuff. So I'm not, it just didn't reach out. They just sent things through the school and said, here, send it home, pick it up, and no communication. It was like, <sighs> So they said, this year, we're just going to pray and trust the Lord. We're not going to get involved. We're going to just let him do it. So this week, they had to meet your teacher. And so Madison, she's in second grade. They goes in, and she goes in, meets the teacher. And a few minutes in, the teacher looks at her, and she goes, um... Which one of you are wider? And Crystal goes, that would be me. She goes, um, your dad was my teacher back at Liberty. And he actually did our premarital counseling and married us, I think, 25 years ago. Wow. And she's like, this is awesome. <laughs> and then they go to Zachary's second uh, kindergarten teacher. And it's his former teacher that he had when he was in school. And, then, and it's the relationship is already, I'm so thrilled to have your son, this is going to be great. It was like, thank you, Jesus. We put it in your hands and you handle it. Sometimes when we try to handle stuff on our own, it doesn't turn out that way. And so we, we have to learn how to trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's my life verse. Verses. And lean not on our understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge Him. And you'll direct your paths and make straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We should never speak intentionally something that isn't true. Okay, this is what, what does it mean? We should never speak or blaspheme, and we blaspheme God when we do. Leviticus 19, and I'm reading these verses now just for time's sake so we can get into the second half. Uh, Leviticus 19, 11, 12 says, Do not steal, do not lie, do not deceive one another. Do not swear falsely by the name, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Blaspheme, another word for blaspheme is abomination. We, we are abomination, and we are an abomination when we do that, when we profane the name of God. Do you ever remember Levitical teaching on abominations? That's what lying is to God. When we do it out of a heart that's intentionally hurtful, selfish, self-motivating. We're not living as image bearers when we lie. Colossians 3, 9, 10 says, do not lie to each other. Since we have taken off our old self, with its practice and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. See, we, we put off this old man, this old woman, this person, that's not age, that's the old self, right? And we're not supposed to live that way any longer. We, and here's the beauty of the Christian life. Before we were saved, we were controlled by sin. We didn't have a choice. Even, you know, people go, yeah, but how can God send them to hell? Okay? They, they're just the sweetest person. I used to talk about my, my, our neighbor, Louise. Love her to death. She'd call me up and go, hey, Lou, I got some greens. Come on. And she had fat back in it, and it was good greens. And she was just a great neighbor. And I remember sitting down with them at the table, witnessing to both she and her husband. Tears coming down their face. They looked at me and said, we're not ready. I said, 
Okay, I don't mean to be offensive, but you're old. You're retired. What are you what are you waiting for? I just there's things I still want to do. Sit. But she's the sweetest person in the world. She and her husband were great neighbors, wonderful people, kind, generous, loving. But it's self-motivated. It's, it's like the mentality of I give to get. I give to you, but what am I going to get in return? And shortly thereafter, her husband died. And I prayed that one evening he bowed his head and received Jesus as the Savior. I don't know that, though. And sometimes we go, you know, I, I, I'm not ready to do this. We are image bearers of God. It's, it's, we're different. When we're, when we're not saved, we're controlled by it, even when we're good people. But when we are saved, we put off that old person, and we start living the new life. And we put off those practices by choice. We go, I don't have to do that anymore. I can choose righteousness. False testimony uh, in, in this parallel passage in Exodus 20.16, the word means untrue. Okay? In other words, when you're in a court of law, in the Ten Commandments here, it means it's not true. You're lying. The parallel passage in Deuteronomy 5.20, written 40 years later, means insincere or worthless. Okay? You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. When we, when we say things that aren't sincere. Hey, great job. I'm just manipulating. When we say things that aren't really true. Now, I know it's the stupid one that everybody likes to use, so I'll do it anyways. Do I look good in this dress? Oh, beautiful. I'm not going to say no, but hey, I'm not going there. If mom ain't happy, nobody's happy, so just make her happy. It goes back to lying, Lou. There's times when it's good to lie. <laughs> it's context. <laughs> I'll never forget. I, uh, I was doing premarital counseling with a Air Forceman, a guy that's going into the Air Force. He was uh, black, African American. She was white. And in this debate, uh, you know, you know, the, her her mom calls me on the phone, and she says, um, "How dare you?" She asked me who I was, and she confirmed it at least. And then she goes, how dare you do premarital counseling with that black man and my wife, or my daughter? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm, who's saying this? And it was a pastor's wife. And I was like, what are you thinking? And in the midst of all of this, I said, is your husband home? And she said, yes. The reason I asked that was because she went back to scripture. She, you know the, the, the curse of Noah's son? All black people are cursed. In the, it says so in the Bible. And I said, is your husband home? And she said, yes. And he came in. He got on the phone, shut the door. I could hear a door shut. And he's like, hello. I said, did you hear what your wife said? Yes. Do you agree with her? No. I said, you need to have a conversation with her about the Bible and this vanity. She, he goes, Lou, Lou, I sleep with this woman. I said, that's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> but the beauty of it, he did have 
conversation and they went through the scriptures together and realized the error of that theology. But she said she saw me at the wedding because I was doing I performing the wedding. Um, and she said, Lou, I was raised my entire life to think this way. I was told that from childhood. I assumed it was true because that's what I was told by my pastor. Now I know differently. And when he, when you say you are now husband and wife, he is now my son. And I will love him unconditionally. It was beautiful. It was great to see that. But sometimes we, we start believing things that are false. And it's insincere and it's worthless if we're not careful. James expands on this idea, James 4.11, to slander someone means we defame or smear their character. And it does happen today. Brothers and sisters, do not slander anyone, any, uh, one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them, speaks against the law, and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Don't slander each other. What are examples of lying that are forbidden in Scripture? This is where we're at new right now. Direct falsehood or perjury. Exodus 23, 2 and 3. Someone read that for me. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. And do not show favoritism to a poor person in a lawsuit. Deuteronomy 19, 18 and 19. Someone get that for me. The judges must make a thorough investigation. And if the witness proves the liar to give false testimony, giving false testimony against the if you lie in court, the sentence of the person you were trying to condemn becomes your sentence. Will that put the fear of God in you? Are you responsible for that lie? You know, and how are you held accountable to it? Would it be great? If we had that law for politicians today? <laughs> and all of us? Uh, oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Slander or harming, harming someone's reputation. Leviticus 19.16 says, Do not go about spreading slander among your people. Do not do anything that endangers your neighbor's life. I am the Lord. Someone read Matthew 15.19 for me. We'll get that. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Slander. It's, it's listed with murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false, I mean, false testimony. Think about that. How does God consider our, the value of our words? Is what we say, does it really matter to God? Is it that big of a deal? If I say something that slanders someone else. Yeah, Yeah, because we are his representation here. And the lost are watching us. So if we're lying, and they're like, why should I be a Christian? Absolutely. We're his image. Just like last week's intro, Jesus says, you have a coin? Whose picture's on it? Caesar's. Then render to Caesar the things of Caesar. Whose image are you? Render to God what's God's. We're God's. 
image. How, when people see our image, do they see his image? Yes. That's the key. When we see the image, who do we see? And we want people to see the image of Christ in everything that we do. <laughs> Spreading rumors or gossiping about someone. This, this is another example of lying from Scripture. Exodus 23, 1. Someone read that for me. Do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Hey, I want you to say this about me. And I, I've been in multiple situations where people have said things in a little ruling that weren't true because they got their friend to say something that was false. Romans one twenty nine. Someone who started reading but didn't get to go for it. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips. Gossips. That again. Have you ever thought of a gossip in in the same mindset as a murderer? Have you ever gossiped? You don't have to raise a hand. Have you ever gossiped? That's the same, it's the same thing as murder, envy, strife, causing discord. Do what we say to ever tear somebody else down instead of build them up? <coughs> Absolutely. Literally murdering their testimony or their reputation. You know? And what's worse is you can never take it back. It's like something on the media, Instagram or whatever. Once it's out there, it's out there. You can't take it back. So when you say something that may not be true and it ends to hurt them, you can say, I'm sorry, but you can't take that back. Flattery or false praise, Psalm 12, 1 and 2. Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deception in their hearts. Do you ever use false flattery you know, to help maybe a situation so that they'll like you, but you're not being truthful about it? False praise. And I loved, I've said this before, I'll say it again, but Dr. Falls, uh, senior Jerry Senior, used to say, to help encourage us, don't believe everything someone says good about you. It's probably not true. But also, don't believe everything bad they believe about you either. That's not true either. It's probably somewhere in the middle. In other words, you, you know, you, you hear something about somebody else, and they're amazing. Be careful of somebody who flatters you. Now, if it's your spouse, praise the Lord. Thank God for it. Right? You want to hear praise. You know, Cheryl will sometimes when I'll, I'll say something to her, she'll go, oh, you know. No, 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 no. I love that. But you know what? When we do that, we, what we're here to do, we're here to literally because we love one another, we want to say things out of a heart of love. Okay? Romans 16, 18. For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. Oh, excuse me. Job 32, uh, 1 2. 
21 and 22. Someone get that for me. Help, Lord, for no one is faithful anymore. Those who are loyal have vanished from the human race. Everyone lies to their neighbor. They flatter with their lips, but harbor deception in their hearts. And Romans 16, 18, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Now, I want you to see something intentional here. This was an Old Testament, you see this, you see an Old Testament passage and a New Testament passage. I keep going back and forth. Why? Because this, was an, this is not just Old Testament stuff. It's New Testament stuff. It's our stuff. Okay? Things that are, have been, it's, in other words, there is a history of this. And culturally, we experience this. It's a part of, unfortunately, the sinful nature. Well, yeah. We go back to that last one we talked about, smooth talk and flattery. Yeah. One thing that always pops in my mind is we do it with so much mercy. Like, for example, I'm walking down the hall. Hey, how you doing? And you just keep on walking. We, we do it out of just politeness. We do it out of attention. We do it because, what, we've always done it. It's not sincerity. You will never hear me. And we came up here to talk. I will never say, how are you doing, unless we're sitting down talking. I always say it's good to see you. And as Christians, I mean, you know, Dr. Paul preached it. If it's Christian, it should be better. We walk around and we see people hurting, but what will we do? Hey, it's good to see you. And you keep, oh, how are you? And But you don't stop to hear the answer. Right. It's pretentious. It, we it, need to yeah. be sincere. Say, it's good to see you out, or, or make a statement, not a question, when you know you're not going to stand and hear the answer. If I'm asking you how you're doing, we're sitting in on a phone call, or we're sitting at lunch, we're talking, I'm being sincere. If we're just passing the hallway, I'm going to say, good to see you, girl. And, or, you know, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to make a statement. I'm not going to ask you a question and be insincere. That's that smooth flattery. Because we hear people say, oh, they're such a nice person. But they've never had a real conversation with them. They just passed them somewhere and they said, hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And keep on walking. And yeah. it's, it's just pretentious. Right. We need to stop it. Yeah. Or if we do ask the question, be we're sincere. willing to be sincere to yeah. stop it and really hear the answer. Stop and hear the answer. Absolutely. We have a world people, and if we have the, the remedy of Jesus, we should be asking the question and then being willing to give the answer. Absolutely. Great point. False teaching to deceive. The Spirit clearly says, for Timothy 4, 1 and 2, that in later times, a lot of times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Now, interesting. Demonic teachers. Do you think there's false teaching going on over the airwaves these days? Such teachings come from hypocritical liars whose conscience have been seared as with a hot iron. They teach in order to deceive. That's why we all have to be good critical thinkers and evaluate everything we hear and read and see. You have an obligation. I told my students this week. You have an obligation to do that with everything I teach. Okay? The Bereans, they were more faithful. Why? Because they checked the scriptures daily to see if what Paul and Silas were saying was true. Paul, you're checking up Paul. Yeah. Do you have a responsibility to check me out? The scriptures to make sure what I'm saying is true. Absolutely. When you're watching a television preacher, when you're, watching, you're listening to a, a blog or reading a blog or listening to some sermon or whatever the case may be, are you filtering it back through truth? Is, is, it, is it right? Is it good theology? And I told them this week, just like I've done here, is the music that you're singing, 
good theology. Just like Pastor David shared this morning. Here's a, someone comes and, and speaks at his church and gives an illustration, and it's not true. He says, that's bad theology. You've got to be careful. Okay? Careless or little white lies. Have you ever committed one of those before? Someone read Proverbs 26, 18 and 19. Like a maniac shooting flaming arrows of death is one who deceives their neighbors and says, I was only joking. <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> Anybody? I, I was just kidding. Husbands and wives, be careful of using that phrase. We say something to each other. I was just kidding. First Peter 2 1 says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Mixing lies with the truth. 2 Corinthians 4 2. Someone read that for me. he's saying is here, you can't mix it. You, we, are, we are speaking the truth. Don't think that we're saying one thing over here and then something else over here. Don't ever mix the truth with lies. Always speak the truth to commend yourselves to God in the sight of God. And finally, why do people lie and what are its results? They lie to protect themselves. But it ruins their reputation. Here's the result. They lie to protect themselves. Think about it. But as soon as they're found out, it ruins their reputation. Proverbs 10.9. Someone read that for me. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. Will be found out. To gain an advantage or benefit. But it destroys trust. In other words... In your family relationships, what's commonly used as an illustration, we have to learn to have a clear communication with our family. Sometimes we, we say to our children, yeah, hey, I'll be at the game. And then something comes up and you can't be at the game. We have to be careful of how we communicate so that we're actually communicating something factual, knowing our circumstances. And we have to work through those things of, honey, I'll be home at 5 and we don't get home to 6. And dinner's made and it's already cold. We have to be able to communicate and, and talk and work through that. We don't want to walk it not in integrity, okay? But when we do something, we're doing something else over here, we can have our priorities over here, making them feel good isn't smart. It ruins their reputation. It also destroys trust. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. A simple person believes anything, but the prudent gets lots of stuff. In other words, they're thinking about what's the result? What's going to happen if I do this? How will this, what will the results be if I do this? To impress others, but it destroys relationships. They lie to impress somebody. They tell something to make something really, uh, wow, that's amazing. Proverbs 16, 28. Someone read that for me. 
The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. Okay, again, here's the idea. We, we, we want to impress people. And the simple believe anything. We have an attitude about that, right? We have to be careful how that comes across. It could be to harm others. It destroys people. Proverbs 25, 18 says, like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against the neighbor. It harms people. In other words, if we want people to know the truth, we'll speak the truth. If not, we're intentionally harming them. What's the cure? Speak the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15. Someone read that for me. So in other words, honesty, speaking the truth in love. In other words, do you really love someone? Let's, let's take a husband and wife relationship. Do you really love them? You should speak truth into them to bring them into a more mature relationship with Christ rather than it's just not worth it. You should have an open, honest relationship with your spouse so that you can say, hey, my goal, and I'll just use Cheryl I again. If Cheryl really loves me, am I perfect? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> am I going to meet Jesus one day yep. and give an account for my life? Yep. Yeah. If she really loves me, will she let me continue down a destructive path if I have one? However, will she, if I create a wall and balk and, and, and harbor verbally, create my own wall and speak out against her and say, no, you, you don't have a right to talk to me that way. I'm your husband and all these other things. We, we, we don't want that. We don't want accountability. We want, don't want to be told the truth. Will she continue to do that? Will she continue to? I love him, so I'm going to keep telling him the truth. No. No. What about your kids? Do we, well, I just want to be their friend. But what are we doing? How do we help them really grow in Christ? If we really care, we're going to speak the truth in love. Love. Why? And it's part of the explanation because sometimes kids don't get it. If I really love you, I'm going to try to help you along this path. To help you to learn to be more like Christ. Not to be more like me. You don't want to be more like me. You want to be more like the way God created you to be. Who you are. Unique in his image. But when you choose to do this, you're going down a path and it's going to, it's going to be destruction otherwise. And we communicate that to each other out of love. To really help us grow. To become a mature body of him. The head is Christ. We are the body of Christ. He is our head. And we want to follow our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we truly love one another, we'll be here for each other, admonishing each other, encouraging each other. Because every one of us is going to stand before the Lord one day. 
and give an account of our life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone who's taken time out of their busy lives to come to class today. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit was our teacher. God, I pray that you would hide me from them, help them to hear from you. As they, we go throughout this week, may this lesson be a reminder to us in all circumstances of what we say and even our motive. God, help us to speak truth with a correct motive to bless and not harm. May we be reminded of the admonition of James. Lord, our tongue can be set on fire by hell. May it not be so with us. May we praise and build up and not discourage. Thank you for what you're going to do in each of our lives. And I pray your blessing upon each family. Put a shield of protection around us. Keep us safe. Bring us all back together again next week, Lord, as your will determines. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you all. Have a great week. Hey, Liz. Yeah. Can you, can you